Welcome to the Bridging Theology podcast, which connects scholarship to Christian life. Bridging Theology is hosted by Drs. Beth Stovell, Claudia Herrera Montero, Kevin Hill, Ryan Reed, and me, Candace Smith. Today's episode features a conversation with all of our co-hosts as we record the final episode for season one. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to it, leave a rating in your podcast player, or consider sharing it with others through social media. And now, on to the conversation. Thanks, Candace, and welcome to the season finale for season one of the Bridging Theology podcast. I'm Kevin Hill. And I am Claudia Herrera. Today's episode is a conversation between our whole hosting team, which also includes Beth Stobel, Candace Smith, and Ryan Reed. We are going to wrap up the season by sharing some thoughts and reflections on this year's episode. I'd like to start us out by reflecting on some of the things we learned from this season. I'm going to start alphabetically, but then everyone else is welcome to just jump in with their reflections as you feel prepared to do so. So Beth, what was something that you learned from hosting this season or what new connections have you made with other fields or disciplines different from yours? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this. I've actually long had struggles with um, people like Luther and Calvin and some of the church fathers, honestly. Um, And so it's really wonderful to get to know those figures through our guests. So like getting to know more about Calvin and like understanding him through Scott and Jonathan Edwards through Doug and the church fathers through Mark and Paul, like it felt like I had access to them in a way that I, I really didn't before. And now I have the stories of them and almost like images of them in my head. And, um, and as a biblical scholar, I mean, we sometimes touch on some of that, but not to the degree that I got to do that in those episodes. And so that was just really exciting to me. I felt like a whole portal to something I'd felt was closed was now open. So that's so cool. I'd never really thought about it that way, but yeah, it's kind of like when you meet somebody and you become friends with them And you don't know their significant other yet, but they start to tell you a little bit about that significant other. And you get, you kind of get to see that person through their eyes a little bit. And it sure helps then when you finally do meet their significant other, you feel warm and fuzzy towards that person, hopefully. So we can, we can see what it is like. Yeah, I've had the same struggles with some of these figures like Calvin, but it was really neat to see how Scott Manich and also Ryan view Calvin in a different light than I was taught. So that's a great answer. Um, I wanted to share for me, one of the episodes that really stood out to me was actually, I think it was the first, it was the first episode or second episode. It was Kat Armas. And she did such an amazing job of helping us see the benefits of lived theology and the wisdom of those people who usually aren't given a voice in theological circles So like your mothers and your grandmothers and people on the margins. And there's so much that we can learn from those people, but they never end up in books or or hardly ever. And they're not the ones on the pulpit giving the sermon on Sunday. And that actually brings me to something else that I was reflecting on and learned to appreciate is I got a deeper appreciation for wisdom. Like the question of what is wisdom came up in Tremper Logman, the third's episode when he's talking about the old Testament. 
but I think it deserves so much attention in North American churches. Like, what does wisdom look like? Our churches spend a lot of time trying to develop programs and build sermons that are, you know, biblically solid, theologically solid. But what are we actually doing to cultivate wisdom? And like, what can be done on a personal level and a communal level? So those are things that I really took away from this season. I saw the same connection between those two scholars, between Kat Armas and Tremper Longman. I felt like they both were talking about wisdom in different ways and how there's knowledge that like is different than not to, I don't think either of them were denigrating books. They both have written books, but they were talking about that there's this certain kind of knowledge that like sometimes we don't always privilege or always listen to and that's it's 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 available to everyone like you don't have to have like a, a special degree to have this thing you know wisdom and i thought that was really a neat connection and they, i both cat was talking about what is um who what counts as knowledge she i think was something she said or something a question and i think that that related a lot to what tremper was saying about wisdom and there there's like there's something that uh a grandmother has that I think that would be we would call that wisdom right that that you know and so the, anyhow that was uh, something that really stood out to me uh, as well yeah and and I want to say something about wisdom here um, uh, and 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 who gets to offer wisdom and and that's kind of my takes away my takeaway from from the season that talking with other disciplines or with other scholars um for example, I never thought like like Beth. I never thought that I was gonna get deeper into reflecting about church fathers. But while it's, but, but, while talk, thinking about church fathers, well, our church mothers <laughs> who could also offer wisdom. And I guess that was one of the questions, right? And talking about with Chloe in hermeneutics. Uh, she, we, we always uh, read from wonderful biblical scholars about the most important people in the in the in the scripture, but I, I never thought that for a biblical scholar was important, and, and for a biblical scholar of color, right, uh, was really important to rescue the voices and the wisdom of those characters in the scripture that are not always visible. And that connects with Kevin's, po Kevin's point of who get to be the wise theologians when we were talking about um, Kat's uh, work, in this case, the grandmas, the abuelas. So, 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 so what, what is wisdom across across disciplines and who get to hold wisdom therefore power in voice right so 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 that's what some of the things that really touch me and and encourage me to look deeper into 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 those other fields mm -hmm. yeah claudia just to kind of pick up on what you were saying i, I had taken notes about um chloe's in your, your conversation, you and Beth's conversation on that point of her privileging the the experience and the story of those who, I guess, would not be prioritized. Um, I thought that that was really, really well. And I, I found also some connections, too, with Kat's um, 
idea of decolonizing hospitality. And so when I really love what she talked about, how um, that we sometimes come into places presuming that we're inviting people to the table, but not cognizant fully of the fact that people have already built their own tables. And sometimes it's just for us to come there and to receive the wisdom to gather the knowledge and learn from those experiences as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes me think about Lewis um, Brogdon talking about, you know, what does a lens uh, through the Black church, how does that change how we think about scripture and particularly texts that directly impact, um, you know, African-American people and their story? Um, his work on Philemon, I mean, it's seriously, I actually kind of did a fangirl thing after, Candace knows this, after our interview with him, I was like, you're book on Philemon is the best book on Philemon I have ever read. <laughs> and um, and in, in part because he just blew me away with thinking about when we read, when we read with this experience and we think about what does this mean? Um, and we raise those voices, we see things we, we just haven't seen before. And, um, and that is such an important part of what it means to learn about who God is, what he's doing, what scripture means. There's so much of that. And so I was so thankful that I got to be on that call. Yeah. Excellent. No, that's wonderful. And, um, so let, why don't we move on now that I'm, we're kind of making critical connections and correlations. Uh, Candice, uh, why don't you share with us what points of connections did you see between guests? and Or if you could put two guests at a table together to talk, who would, who would it be and why? So initially, um, I thought about the conversation back to to Beth's point about um, Philemon, the work that Lewis did, I thought that it would be great to sit down and have a conversation with him um, and Paul Foster, because we kind of talked about um, the household codes. And it was good to see from his perspective as an outsider um, from the U.S., not knowing the full, like, lived context, I guess, of what, um, I guess what would be going on in America um, as it relates and just um, being able to have, I guess, a conversation with Lewis and him to talk about that. But I also um, was kind of blown away with Doug Sweeney. Um, I love what he was talking about with higher education and just kind of the state of um, preparing the, the future leaders of the church. I thought it would be good to sit him down in a conversation too um with with Lewis because at one point Lewis started talking about the shift in his scholarship and so how he moved from writing I mean all the academic heady pieces to move into making things more practical based on his experience um he talked about being a scholar um in residence at a church and how that impacted him so I think that that would um, bring forth some real fruitful conversation. And then the last one, I'm sorry, I, I was just kind of connecting a lot of people. Um, Chloe and and Paul, I thought that they would be really good. Um, I, I loved the work that Chloe was talking about, how she did with the young adults, um, especially on Genesis 2. But then also... Paul, I don't know if it, I think it made it part of the interview. He was talking about how he lives in the dorms with college students and how that impacts his 
um, his scholarship and how he views the text as he writes. So just trying to see what insights they might have for young adults, just having those kind of conversations. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I was thinking about, I was thinking actually about, cause I think, I think uh, Candace and I had the Paul and Lewis conversation, like right after our interview with them. And then I was listening again to our interview with Madison as she talked about how Hebrews helped her face the questions of suffering and like the role of suffering in the way she understands scripture. And I thought, wow, what kind of conversation would she and Lewis have as they talk about the new Testament and in different ways, kind of bring in the questions of injustice, um, suffering, some of those, some of those pieces. I thought, wow, that would be a really amazing conversation to hear. I also thought about Chloe and Kat sitting at a table together. Um, like what did they both learn from their grandmothers? Um, and how would those things be like each other and different than each other? And what would we hear from that in terms of how they understand, particularly because um, so much of Kat's work involves thinking about the Exodus event, the Old Testament is so much framed with that. And I thought, oh, it'd be so interesting to hear what Chloe and she, like, I just want to be a fly on a wall when they sit across the table from each other. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Fascinating uh, uh, to hear about uh, from uh, these two people, these uh, two great guests and scholar, the work on the Old Testament. Uh, I, I thought about it as well, Beth. I, I resonate with you in terms of uh, the work of uh, Exodus and Genesis. And I learned so much about those who, like the role of those who we don't talk about again, but they had to live in exile. They were exiled, right? And 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 those are the work. Those are the people that they go to and they do hermeneutics on them, right? Um, and explore about their lives and 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 about their background and their social location and their lived experience, right? Excellent. One thing um, I heard across our guests, and I've struggled to like know how to frame this. Um, into like how, like, what am I looking for? But I think that something that just I felt in a lot of our guests was just a real hopefulness about the church and a real excitement about that. And I feel like I would love to just, I, I wish we would have had more time with all of them. And I'd like, I thought I'd love to hear Chloe and Paul Foster tear, talk more about their church and their spiritual practice. I just felt like both of them, that really came through. And it, it, and I feel like I almost don't know. I felt like that was true of all our guests, like honestly. And that was really exciting because I think that we asked questions about that. And so that was something. And I'd love to hear them talk to one another. And there'll probably be disagreements eventually too, right? But even just like hearing about that. So that was, that was something I found really um, thrilling and really exciting about the podcast um, and connections. Something that was like maybe a more um, kind of, boring or more typical pairing that I'd love to see is I'd love to see people that are in like similar disciplines talk with one another and just see. Um, so like, I, I, that's not really the purpose of the podcast, but I would love to hear how like Chloe and Tremper would talk about some of the say, the violence in the old Testament and see how kind of what differences there would be, what similarities they would be. I actually think that those conversations are, are really fascinating. Um, and I'd love to hear like, excuse me, but like a Paul Foster talk with a Scott Manage about um, 
with the ways in which church history, there was, um, especially as someone, I'm very interested in ethics. Like, what were ethical ideas that were stressed in certain periods of church history, and how did they differ? You know what I mean? How has the church history developed? So, I think those would be really interesting conversations uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder also in that situation, I wonder what it would be like to have Kat and Soko talk to each other about um, Mujerista theology and kind of like, um, you know, Latina theology. Because I feel like there's, so much resonance between those their like their perspectives in a lot of ways, but they'd also have different things to share, I think. Yeah, particularly I'm thinking about uh I was thinking about it uh after we spoke with Soko. Uh Soko rescue and brings all the particularities of devotion and 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 attitudes mm-hmm. and a spirituality marian spirituality right which is so important for the abuelas or the grandmas if you learn as a latina from someone about mary it's from your abuela it's from your grandma even if you believe it or not According to my research, we cannot generalize. I'm talking about college age students. I did a whole research in which my students no longer practice. And 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 but but if they learn Marian expressions of faith, or if they learn about the community of the saints or La Comunidad de los Santos, how we talk in Spanish, or in the Santas y Santos, then it's from their grandmothers, the wisdom of their grandmothers. So I would love to put them in conversation about about those beautiful uh spiritual attitudes devotions and and praxis or practices uh that happen around the non-official around the church that happens in la casa at the homes and those are devotions to the saints devotion to the community of saints devotions to mary right and 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 put them in conversation about what is each one's experience uh, and and how that experience has influenced what they write about and the work that they do today, right? Uh, I thought about it as well. Yeah, I didn't get to ask some people all the questions that I really wanted to ask, and I think that's probably because we were running out of time. But I was curious to know if anybody else felt like, "Gosh, I really wish I'd asked a certain question of a certain guest, and I just didn't get around to it." Like, Ryan, did you have any questions that, in hindsight, you think, wow, I really wish I'd asked this person this, that, or the other thing? Well, and I think, am I allowed to say people that I didn't interview, too? Or, yeah. I mean, here's a trivial one, but I wish that I, I really want to know what is on Chloe's son's top 10 Netflix movies. <laughs> I don't think she ever came back to that. I don't know somehow the conversation. <laughs> I was like, oh, you, I want the list. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just sounded <laughs> That's what our <laughs> listeners are. They want like they're we're all on the cliff uh, there. But yeah, no, and, and yeah, I'm still uh, on this. But yeah, and then she also talked about her uh, Netflix dog channels. I didn't know. Like, I'm like, what? Are, which ones? Like, anyhow, like, I don't know. <laughs> that was interesting. Uh, that was an interesting fact. Um, but I think that, um, and so I guess I'm thinking about especially people that I didn't interview. I would love to ask Chloe Sun more about the Song of Songs. I am, I'm at sea. Um, I feel like I, I, I'm very confused with the Song of Songs, and it would just be that would be something I'd really, I'd, I could have an hour conversation around. Um, and then Paul Foster, I guess I, I was mentioning him before, but I, I, I really was interested in his 
ideas, uh, just his how pastoral he 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 mentioned in the interview that he said like I I really if he could be a study any other subdiscipline he'd want to study theology or, or pastoral theology rather and. Um, it really struck me, like, I wonder what he, like, why he's interested in that and what he does now and in his work as a pastor, like, what God has, like, taught him and what his ministry is like. I would be interested to hear about his uh, pastoral ministry. Um, so, that, those were um, a couple moments that uh, that I had. I had a lot of other questions, but those are two that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about, um, I really, you know, Joy and her experience in the Philippines and what does church look like in, in the other side of the world. I've been, had uh, quite a few students. Um, I have We have like pockets of um, Filipino uh, students at Ambrose. And it's been just, I was just been thinking a lot about like how, what church looks like and what does care look like in those contexts. And just even more um, going even deeper in those conversations was something that I really wish I could have, wish I could have done. Also, I think, um, you know, I was really interested in Mark's answer around church mothers. One of the things he was talking about is like not having enough historical evidence around church mothers. And so then like, it's hard to study them. And I was thinking about like, what does it look like to, raise those voices when we do have um like real barriers in mm. understanding historically what what their where their location is and so i was it just really that question just kept sitting with me after the interview and i just kept thinking like what would what would if i sat with him and asked those questions like what would that look like? Um, and then finally I get to, I'm doing one more. I promise this is my last one. <laughs> um, Doug, I really wanted to ask him for Doug Sweeney's, I would love to ask him if he thinks that studying church history rather than something else affects what it means to be Dean. <laughs> like, would he be a different Dean if he studied something else? Um, and I, and I, I kind of wonder, like, does he, does he think in terms of his discipline as how it shapes what it means to be a Dean? Yeah. Um, I just think that would be really interesting. We had Chloe talk a little bit about the, her, like her role as academic Dean and how she sees that in relationship. But I just felt like that was a question I'd love to like, just ponder further with him. Yeah. For me, um, I think in listening back to a lot of the interviews that I was on um, and just even in our interviews too, the ones that I I sat in on, I think we kind of maybe glossed over a little bit of the pandemic, the effects of the pandemic. Um, And I noticed that a lot of, a lot of the people talked about their spiritual practices carrying them through um, and just how it's really affected their scholarship. Um, And so one of the questions I kind of would like to ask everybody is how did they continue to find that joy and dig deep for that in, in times that are not um, so I guess life giving or, you know, maybe a little more troubling. Um, I think that that would be some insight, you know, for us, but also for even, you know, the listeners, um, the other listeners that are not like connected to, you know, the Academy. Um, And also I would, I think I would like to talk with Kat um, just a little bit more about, she started talking about research grief um, when she was writing. And I thought that that was just, you know, a a really cool point. And I I remember sometimes in my dissertation writing stage, like just the, 
I don't know, the, the toughness of what I was writing on, how close it was to my heart. Um, and just, it, I don't want to say it wasn't, I don't know, just to hear her talk a little bit more about that and, um, yeah, how she's she's moved a little bit in and, and through that, mm-hmm. you know. She has a section in her book about that, and I actually was in tears as I was reading it because of how how much it felt like some of the process of what it's been like to do research when I was doing research about topics that were close to me. Um, and so I'm sometimes in biblical studies, we can do this thing where it's like, that's the Bible and it's objective over there. Um, and we can kind of put on this stance at a distance. Um, but when I, when I try to answer questions about, um, women or when I try to answer questions about, um, suffering, I teach classes on suffering and justice, those classes, they, they stay with you. The research stays with you and it just clings to you. And so I feel like there's just something so powerful in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I uh, totally agree uh, with both of you, Beth and Candace. I, after, after my conversation with Kat, um, something that really kept in my mind was I still kind of remember how she powerful said that when we were colonized, that was already a scar, and 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 she uh, researching on what happened to our people when we were colonized. It's already grief and has been a grieving process for our generation. How much our generations have been giving up uh, and and grieving, and and I thought about it. Uh, having both Spanish and, and indigenous roots that we have, we live, we, we have a Spanish blood, we have a indigenous blood. And, and, and that was powerful as in a personal way that actually impacted me to think about not as a scholar, because we talk about the colonizing theologies, the colonizing pedagogies, the colonizing, um, ministry but what about me my personal story and how I grew up and with that I want to make a deep connection that also impacted me talking about with with Soko on the impact of of our words in in our young children and generations uh and that has to do with that trauma and that grief that was passed on somehow and and, and and so 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 that part right impacted me in a very personal way, uh, particularly in my ground background, right? And 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 then um, yeah, uh, to I, I totally agree with Candice. I had some sort of sense of we're doing this wonderful podcast, but I would love to ask our our guest. Uh, how can they find hope in troubling times, in, in in challenging times where where the world and the uh, uh, whole human family is still grieving two years? Yeah, we're trying, we're learning. This has this is not over, and uh, and, and we're trying. We're still in survival mode, but that's that's not the ideal, right? But we still have to survive. So, how can they find hope? in the midst of troubling times 
And some of them, I know their professors and their teachers and their administrators and their deans and their parents as well. And they're, uh, they have a life, right? So how can they find the hope and in traveling times? And that connects with the question that we always left at the end, which was spirituality, right? How can your spirituality has influenced your research? And as well as vice versa, your research has affected. But I think that would have been great to lead towards how can the signs of the times <laughs> or, uh, 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 make you realize of 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 um of who you are and what does it mean to be human? Uh, what does it mean to be human in light of the signs of the of of the times? So that was my part, and and just to kind of continue moving. Uh, uh, the conversation uh, in a personal way, because these points were very personal that I learned about me that made me to enter in conflict in in that continuous process of discernment and 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 attendance and listening. So, what is something that you have been learning about yourself, or that God has been teaching you through the podcast? Yeah, you know, I was thinking a lot about how humbling it is um, to see the vast and richness of so many different ways to learn. Um, I think the work that we do when we're working across disciplines and across different perspectives, one of the things um, that it, it's such a gift to see how context affects uh, different ways of thinking, but also how, um, how, how coming from different angles allows us to see so much. And it humbled me to realize also that God, uh, God always has more for us to like grow in and learn in. And um, I think, um, I think that sometimes as a professor, I'm encouraged to kind of be the person who knows things in a room. Like that's my job. Um, and, uh, and it's really always powerful to me when I remember all the things I don't know and all the ways I can still learn and all the ways I can still grow. Um, and that God wants that to be the rest of my life. Like until I'm, you know, until I'm in the ground, <laughs> I will still be learning and growing and changing. And, um, and that I can learn from so many different people from so many different backgrounds. That was really, um, really profound part of this journey for me. What about you, Kevin? What is that? What was that like for you? Oh, my dog's barking right now. Um, uh, I learned during this podcast that I need to get like a nice, quiet studio apartment to do the recordings in. <laughs> <laughs> a second home, I guess, or something, right? Yeah. Yes. But there is a book, there is a book that says that I read in my graduate studies. I believe it's from Richard Rohr. I don't remember. I, it's Everything Belongs. Yes. <laughs> and that's when my planning organizational kind of had to let it go. And then Everything Belongs, even the your dog barking. It would be cool to leave it on, on, on the recording. <laughs> yeah, we left joy with the roosters crowing that's true we did have that that was really cool actually that was context as well um one thing this is going to get a bit personal but i with this podcast the weird thing about podcasts right is 
you use your voice. We all use our voices and we hear our voices. And I think everybody, when they first start hearing their the sound of their voice, thinks, oh, that maybe isn't what I'm used to. I'm not sure if I like it. I'm not comfortable with that. Um, but I've really struggled not so much with the aesthetic sound of my voice, but with thinking like, what is the purpose of my voice? Because there's so many, not, not my physical voice, but my, my thoughts, my teachings, my writing, there's so many amazing scholars and writers and teachers and leaders out there. Do we really need one more voice just to add extra noise and take away from what's got, what God's doing in these other people's lives? And some days I really like the Enneagram and some days I don't know what I think about it. But one of the things that the Enneagram teaches is that there's certain people who struggle with um, realizing that their presence matters. That's one thing that this podcast really taught me because I'll often leave an episode thinking um, what my co-host said and what my guest said was really, really amazing. But I feel like this show would have been served just as well if I'd just been the editor and not the interviewee. So um, yeah, God, I think has really teached me that I need to do some inner work to find peace with, with uh, the work I'm doing and more uh, guidance in terms of direction and, you know, finding my place in the scholarly or uh, podcasting world. That's what I'm, I'm still, I haven't found it, but I, that's where I'm, hearing him pulling me towards. I feel like that sense where we hear others and we hear the beauty and the depth and the richness in them, but we don't always hear the same in ourselves is something that I think, I mean, I don't, I can't speak for all of you in the room, but I think every one of us struggles with. Um, I got, I've gotten off the calls too and thought, wow, Candace, wow, Ryan, wow, you know, like, and gone through and wow, Claudia, like every one of you is such depth and richness. And then our guests are so amazing. Yeah, hmm. I mean, so wonderful. Um, and I think, but I, I believe that every one of us has been given a voice because we have a unique thing to give. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, it, and it's, and, and to, uh, to put it a different way, it's not noise. It's a chorus. Um, and we all have our parts to sing. I mean, I, I was thinking about that relational element piece too. And, and just to jump on that, like, I think that like, it's hard to know how, like in, in Claudia, I appreciate like, and in Candace too, like, how do you find hope? I don't know. There's all these sad things, but to dwell on the positive, to be uh, hopeful for a minute, like I thought that it was just really encouraging to me in the podcast how each of the guests, and and it's true of our team too, but like each, I just feel like from every podcast, I came away with something like that was really helpful and like that was really true and wise, I guess. And and I think that yeah, I'm sure that we could. Um, we probably all have things we disagree with with some of the, you know, our guests or, you know, amongst one another. But it's it just it was encouraging to me that like God had I God has something to teach me from from like everyone. Like there's like they, like and like certainly like and then I think we we were able to get a lot of people on that have a lot to offer and and I I think and but also I've been struck by that with our team too. Like I feel like we've each of 
each you know each one of you uh, has has brought things out and like even in this conversation i feel like we've noticed different things and there's been like a real wisdom like real and i'm like i don't know that i would have like uh candace your point about the pandemic like i'm like yeah why didn't we i don't know i think i'm just like a kind of put your head down kind of person so i'm like yeah of course it's like we just have to keep moving forward but it probably would have been good to talk about that a little bit so like anyhow yeah so i think that um that's been a really um something that god's been teaching me from the podcast just how much i have to learn from others and 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 that that point that paul makes like that that i can't say to the hand i don't need you like there's there's a a a, a like that people aren't islands, like, you know, in another metaphor, like where that we need one another. So those are, that's something I've been learning. So, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that happens to you all, but every time that I, like when I was the host or co-host that you finished the episode and you felt, I don't know how to, I'm not sure if the right word to say it's, it's energized, but you felt that, even though it was at the end of the day, I mean, Eastern time, sometimes we finish at eight or anything. And I was, it was so much life giving that in the midst of a long day that I've been teaching my students and then that are on your life. And then you said, Oh my God, even if academia is challenging sometimes, even though if, uh, uh, it, we go through challenges, uh, it, I love the work that, I'm doing. I, I it affirm. It was affirming uh, the work that I am doing, and then and it was affirming to know that other people are passionate about doing the work, even if it's in another discipline. They're publishing about it. They're writing. They're leaving it out because you could tell in all of our podcasts that these people are passionate about what they do, what they write about, and somehow they leave out the, 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 what they talk about, right? So, I, And that happened to me at the end of the podcast, at the end of the recording. I was affirming, and, 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 and it gives a sense of liberation and openness to get to know the other different from you who research in another topic that can enter into dialogue and in conversation with your own research. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree, um, Claudia. I think the thing, kind of, I guess, to piggyback off of that, for me, that's been the, I guess, the echo throughout it all has been how God, he doesn't waste anything or God doesn't waste anything um, in trust in the process. Um, so I think about just when, in the early stages of us having the conversations, um, putting together, like shaping what, what we want it to be and then seeing it all come together, learning the different things, whether it's learning to like the sound of your voice um, on <laughs> the podcast or um, being energized after all of those things work together and I think for, I guess, paralleling it against what's going on in our, our society now, like everybody kind of wants to be post-pandemic, um, but the reality is we can't speed up the process. And so just um, being grateful for the present moment. And I think that's where I've been able to draw hope. Um, Ryan, I thought a lot about um, 
the conversations you would bring about happiness um, and, and reminding us about happiness and how that's kind of one of the guiding research, research themes that you have and just the different ways. I think this podcast for me has been a space of happiness because like Claudia said, like when I get off, I'm back to writing like, okay, let me see. I want to write more about this or let me look more into this subject. So I, I just say, I guess, like I said, the theme is he doesn't, God doesn't waste anything. Like, so I appreciate, I appreciate each of you all and all the people that came on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Do you know that line that's like, what really matters is the friends we made along the way or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, is that where we're all going? Here? But anyhow, hopefully, hopefully our uh, listeners benefit too. But it was thankful. Uh, yeah, I'm really thankful for that as well. So, yeah. Well, and I think that there's so much to learn from each other. Like, I mean, we learned from our guests, but it was also really cool to think deeply about how each of you who think so differently than me, like we all, we all come from different perspectives. And I love that because I'm sometimes in rooms with people who maybe don't think exactly like I think, but we're all kind of working on the same, like the exact same kind of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, we're like, Oh, let's talk about this Hebrew verb. And we're all talking about a Hebrew verb. <laughs> and it's, it's so wonderful to think of, to think in other ways um, and learn from each other and get to know each other. So, so there's one last question for us for today. And it's something that I'm really excited about because I'm starting to think about season two and the question is, what are your hopes for season two? I have something. I have something I'm super excited about about season two, and I get to say it. So um, I'm excited that my husband's going to be joining us. Yes. Um, so my husband John Stavell is a systematic theologian. He works on um, Christology and eschatology. So he's uh, he thinks a lot about you know what is the kingdom of God? How do we see that in Jesus? And how do we see that in the age to come? And what does it mean to think about um, how the end affects how we live today? Um, and so. I'm excited. Um, I mean, I guess I'm totally biased because I'm his wife, but um, we've gotten to do different kinds of teaching and uh, work together for almost 20 years now. Um, and it's really exciting to get to do this with him and have him join us as a systematician into this conversation. And so anyways, I'm looking forward to that <laughs> as a completely biased person. <laughs> yes, I'm really excited to work with John. I think it was either you or him posted a picture on Instagram or Facebook of some books he picked up at a conference recently. And I was like, we have the same reading interests. Like I got to borrow that afterwards. So <laughs> yes. can't yeah. wait. I'm sure he had one or two about Athanasius or something, uh, which I think you might be interested in. Yeah, I know in. he had one on uh, <laughs> theosis or, or deification. Yeah. Yeah. All those were his. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Others. What about, what about you, Claudia? What are you looking forward to next season? Well, um, I want to be very simple here in this point. I really look forward to continue building relationships with you all, uh, my colleagues, to to see, uh, um, you know, like I love I love the season of Easter. Um, we are in Easter. Um, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, uh, intentional about the, the the seasons. You know, like you can always see my emails. Have a wonderful Easter season. Have a wonderful Lent. You know. Um, I don't know. I, I just love to, we don't have seasons in, in South Florida. So then I get the liturgical seasons, you know? <laughs> so, 
That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So one of the, the beautiful things of uh, uh, that, and every season I speak to me differently every year. And I pray to the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, what, what is it that, uh, what word, what phrase resonates? You know, like, for example, in Lent, uh, something that continued coming up was rose. And then, therefore, the rose of Sharon. And it happens that that's a rose that grows in the desert. And Lent and eat towards desert, right? Uh uh, uh, we are 40 days in the desert like Jesus was. You know, here in Easter, I always uh, saw it like the joyful time and uh, celebration and everything. And for some reason, uh, it, it keeps coming back to the question of uh, what would have been the first the first Easter for, for the disciples, for the women and men disciples of Jesus Christ uh, they were in wonder. They were in doubt. They asked a lot of questions. Uh, they were uncertain about the future. And, and even an, in uncertainty, God broke through and gave them hope. So, so, so my hope for season two is that even in the midst of what we don't know what's going to happen and what kind of a speakers we will bring and, and, and what powerful conversations we don't know. Nobody knows. Uh, we're, we live in, uns- in uncertainty, but in the midst of that, to, to hold on hope and wonder, right? And wonder, uh, that, for sure, critical questions will bloom. Uh, that for sure, uh, critical conversation will come because we're talking about real and wonderful human beings that I had the opportunity to got to meet along a full season. And not only I'm talking about you guys, but I'm talking about uh, the wonderful people uh, that we got to meet along the way. So that's my hope for season two to stay and close this season in wonder, in the wonder of, of the resurrection, in the wonder of Easter season that only Christ can, can bring in, in our lives and in our work, in the work that each one of us do in the academy, in the public, and in the church. I'm not going to say to the listeners who has tears in their eyes, but, um, but you can hear me maybe sobbing a little. Um, but, um, but Claudia, I just want to say thank you for speaking such a word of hope. Um, it's a, it is, it is very appreciated. Thank you, Beth. And it's transformative, you know, so, um, so I hope this was transformative and it will continue being transformative for all of us. Mm-hmm. 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 Ryan, what about you? As you've been thinking about it, what are things you're looking forward to? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mostly agree with you, Claudia. I'm excited to just continue to work at a team. I think that the joy, and maybe maybe that's even why we part of at least why we feel um, emotional or, or or yeah, a little emotional is um, yeah, it's been wonderful to to share a vision. There's something really powerful about that, having a shared vision and really seeing it come to to being. So I think that's been very special, and I, I'm I'm uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed that, and, and yeah. You, you all. Um, but I think that kind of practically, um, I would just love to see us go in some new directions in terms of guests. I think um, I'd love to do some more episodes. Like I, I think 12 was like a good number. I'd love it if we could do more. Um, um, I'd love to see it. it, it these are just my hopes. I don't know. We haven't uh, 
we don't have to all agree to that, but to do enough that we can maybe do it through an academic calendar, maybe eventually our podcast, but that's, that's very ambitious. I think um, some areas I'd love to see us do mid, something on medieval theology or maybe many things on it. Like, wait, I don't know if it has to be even just one. We can start with just one. That's something I'm very interested in. And I think that's something we haven't done anything with. It would be, it's kind of a neglected area of, um, study especially among protestants um i think christianity and the arts would be something else i'd really love to talk about and i don't know um yeah there's a lot of different directions there but i think theology and literature would be a really i remember i still keep thinking about doug sweeney's comments around how like to be a good theologian you just be a good like reader of novels and uh something along those lines and i i think that yeah, I, I think it, there would be something really wonderful about having, um, you know, doing something around that. So those are some hopes that I have. Yeah, maybe we'll get Wendell Berry on the podcast. Sorry, I'm joking. <laughs> I can dream. <laughs> he probably doesn't own a telephone but or anything, you know. But anyhow, for something, anyhow, we can do something like that. <laughs> some thoughts. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to drive to his house to record it, I think, but. Yeah. 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 That's so cool because I actually, you know, like I did my, my master's degree in both of those areas, like spiritual theology and partially in the medieval period and in Christianity and literature. And so I love those conversations. I would love if we had that as part of uh, what we bring in next season. So just a, just an amen there. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, If I can jump in some of the things that I'm First of all, I'm really grateful for the way the season has turned out better than possibly expected. Could I'd love to see us continue to build on things that we're doing well. And I think that is, listeners don't know this, but before each episode, our co-hosts get together and they think about questions that would be really good for our guests. And because we have two co-hosts, one from usually the same discipline as our guest and one from a different discipline, we come up with a really good cross-section of questions that that we hope at least is of interest to not only people in that area of theology, but people in other areas of theology, people who aren't even students of theology at all, but just interested in having an intellectual faith. So I hope we can, can continue to do that. But the main thing that I'm really hopeful for for season one and for season two is that this um, podcast will will touch people not because of anything we do, but because of of God working through us and through the guests and in in them, just in a way that ministers to people's faith, helps them have a deeper faith and a deeper love for God and for other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had another thing that I'm excited about for next season, which is more of our inters, interconfessional, international. Um, the international, especially we've been talking about how to bring more international voices. And that's something I would love to see, um, brought to our conversations. We had some of that this season, uh, season, yes, this season. Um, but I'd love to see that even more. So, um, it would be wonderful to hear from, um, I was thinking actually about, um, whether we might get connected with like Langham project or something like that, um, which has a lot of scholars who are working in, um, the majority world. Um, and it would be really interesting to hear from some of those perspectives. Mm. Um, and so that's another thing that I thought would add to what we're doing. That would be amazing. 
I think ethical questions would be really like an ethicist would be on that, like obviously like the ethics of war, but any um, bioethics or even just like um, more traditional topics like, you know, divorce and remarriage. I I think that those are, those are obviously really contested subjects, but they're also really practical and personal too. Um, So I don't know. I think it'd be great to have someone who thinks about, I've got, I've got someone in mind as possible. (laughs) Maybe I'm um, preparing the way for that, but yeah, I think it'd be great to have some ethicists on the show, Christian ethicists. So, yeah. I agree. Um, I would like to look, kind of going back to the ethics piece, even as we look at technology and the role of technology um, in the world and even in the church. So looking at stuff with artificial intelligence, um, as well as augmented reality, you know, all of that. I think those would have some really good conversations um, and wisdom that we can glean from it. And I also would like to see just kind of as a I guess more of a technical thing. I would like us to do more online, um, engaging with um, social media. I think that that's one area that we can, you know, grow and develop a little bit more in the upcoming seasons. Um, capitalizing on on that and making connections with the people that are actually listening to the podcast and getting some feedback and maybe eventually like having some topics that they would like to hear about, you know, or even posing some questions that maybe we overlook that they would like to hear that that would be really cool. Yeah. So those of you who are listening, we, we really want to actually hear from you. We want to, we, we want to know, um, what topics are exciting to you? Which ones do you want to hear? Um, you know, if you can give that to us, you know, via our Twitter feed, our Facebook, um, do you can do that by giving us reviews, um, on the actual app, Apple podcast or other wherever podcasts are. Um, you know, there's lots of spaces for you to share that with us. And it would be really exciting actually to hear more from you guys on what it is that you want. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I was going to ask you all, would you be up to popular culture, pop culture? Mm-hmm. Actually, one of yeah, my, I was thinking. one of my friends mm-hmm. just did a book on, um, Black Mirror and, uh, theology. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of these kinds of spaces. Like it'd be really interesting. Um, I got to be a part of a book a long time ago called um, The Undead and Theology, which was all about like undead pop culture. (laughs) Um, So I wrote about like zombies and Dracula and other fun stuff. Um, But I think uh, I think that's a great conversation. It'd be really fun conversation to have. Uh, well, this has been such a joyful uh, episode, and and um, just a reminder that we will love to hear about you. We would love to hear your thoughts, and and if you would send your thoughts uh, to us through Facebook, Twitter, or website, um, just um, uh, give us your feedback, and how can we? Uh, Uh, continue this conversation this has been a lot of fun i hope everyone enjoyed today's episode and the season thanks for listening and please be sure to watch for season two coming in 2023 thank you gracias thanks for listening to today's episode if you'd like to learn more about the podcast visit our website at bridgentheology.com if you would like to support the show Please subscribe to it in your podcast player, rate it, or share it with others. This episode was produced by Kevin Hill.